For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. The first night of the 2022 NFL Draft is over. We're back the next day. And man... It was a wild night. Ryan, how are we doing today? Tired, man. Tired. It was up to like one something in the morning. Woke up at six with the baby. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around a lot of what we saw yesterday, man. There was a little more trades than I thought there were going to be. There was some wild picks for sure that I'm sure we're going to get into a few of them. Mm. But man, it was everyone predicted that this draft, the first day at least, would be super unpredictable. And it Certainly was, to say the least. It was it was a little bizarre, man. A little bizarre. It, tired is is one way of describing it. I, I I don't know why, but I feel hungover and I didn't drink anything. I just feel exhausted. It's the I, whole week. <laughs> I, I, I haven't even had a cup of coffee today, Joe. I'm praying for you, man, because the first thing I did when I woke up after I texted you, I laid in bed for 20 minutes at yeah. at you know, what was it? Six, five fifty in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. And then I got the most comically large coffee that I could get from Starbucks, <laughs> man. I, I, so I, I woke up at six with the baby. I drove her over to the babysitters at like seven something. I didn't get home back at home until like eight o'clock. And then I realized that I hadn't showered in like a day and a half. So I probably should do that at some point. That's so dis- it's disgusting. It is disgusting. I know I'm such a clean freak too, dude. I usually take uh, like at least, at least like one to two showers a day, like at least two showers a day. And I was like, huh, I didn't shower yesterday for draft day. That's good. That's fantastic. By the way, shout out to Jesse for waking my ass up this morning for pointing out that I my long snap at Radio Row made it into Pat McAfee's uh, open for his draft show. Did you see that? No, did it? Jesse tagged me on Twitter. I tweeted. I, I clipped the video and I tweeted it. Jesse tags me on Twitter. And I'm laying in bed and I'm like, okay, I have so many mentions. I can't. Like go through all of them, and then I just see Jesse say, you, "Joe, you realize that long snap that you did made it into Pat McAfee's open for his draft show," and I'm like, "There's no way you're messing with me," because knowing Jesse, Jesse screws screws with us so much. Yeah, I thought he was bullshitting, but you know, here here we are. I mean, I was actually in it. Does that does that mean you get a royalty or something? Is that how I don't know? I'm a, I'm a little. <laughs> disappointed that when i tweeted it the first time mcafee didn't like get, get me anything like didn't give me like a retweet and then again i don't get any credit for for doing it but it is what it is oh what a jerk man what an absolute jerk pat Mac- mcafee no, is. he is the I'm nicest he's the nicest guy that i've ever met that is of that crowd like I, size so I, I i was just kidding and he's a west virginia guy so i'm sure he likes to party as well so right all right we've got a lot to go over today we are going to talk just overall impressions because they're doing winners and losers is impossible to do right now. Also, I'm not the biggest fan of, of that premise. I just want to talk about everything that happened as much of it as possible. Um, before we get to that, though, I just want to tell 
everybody to check out our sponsor. If you're like me and you lost a, a ton of money on betting last night on the NFL draft, I got so many things wrong because it was so unpredictable. Uh, and you want to make some money back, go to Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. <clears throat> Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs. It's super easy to get started. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to join. And use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Ryan, man, we have so much that we have to recap here. And The, the first one I, I, I want to hit on, so we had all these trades, we have all this movement, and it, it's so funny because I spent the whole week on these radio shows saying... I don't see a reason for teams to trade up. I, I think that teams are going to evaluate the board and say, okay, if I don't get the edge I want, I can wait. And that kind of happened. If I don't get mm -hmm. the receiver I want, maybe I can wait. All of these things happen, and we end up getting an A.J. Brown trade. We get a Marquise Brown trade. We get all these move-ups to draft players, and there was all this movement. I, I'm just trying to wrap my my head around like maybe what what caused all of this movement. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really see a ton in the top 10, so we were pretty on on, on spot on on that regard. But, right. I mean, A.J. Brown had been – it's been a conversation for a little bit, you know, and I, we just like one of those things like you didn't know when it was going to happen. Debo Samuel obviously went into the night where that was the main guy that was like maybe the trade partner for the New York Jets at 10 or whatever team is obviously has a need at wide receiver. The Marquise Brown one was weird, Joe, because, I mean, that had some foresight yeah. to it, too. Did you see that he was at their draft party? He was at Arizona Cardinals. He was in Arizona. He It was like something that happens like hours before. Yeah, he was at Arizona's draft party. So the, there funnier, was some... the funnier part about that is that Lamar Jackson's reaction on Twitter, he just tweets <sighs> WTF. So that means Marquise Brown was in Arizona, and then Lamar Jackson's like, wait, he's finding out <laughs> hours later. <laughs> right, right. It's it's crazy too. Apparently, Lamar and him are both South Florida guys, and they yeah. have a really deep relationship. Obviously, and it was bizarre, man. It was bizarre. I know. I just saw this morning though that that Marquise Brown was at the draft party out there in Arizona. So that was, that was something that probably happened a couple hours before, and just I guess wasn't released. And <sighs> weird, man. Weird. Just a weird, <laughs> weird day. I mean, it's it, we're getting trades that we didn't even think about. You know, yeah. like and the AJ Brown thing. I mean. <sighs> It's, I mean, a great move by the Eagles, a fantastic move because you got a 24-year-old wide receiver who, yeah, you're going to pay 25 mil a year, but he's one of the better receivers in the NFL. And then, Joe, the other thing about the trades, and we talked about this a little bit with, I think, Dustin, who does the Minnesota Vikings podcast on the network. Mm. The trades that happened seemed like the value that the teams that were trading back didn't get a credible value because I think it's hard for teams – to trade back this year. So they were just kind of taking the bare minimum. I mean, the from the from for the Lions to trade all the way up from 32 to 12, which is 20 spots in the first round. Yeah. Like that's massive. I think they only gave up like a second-round pick or something, basically. It was like a first-round swap and a second-round pick. It's like that's all it took to move up 20 spots in the first round to take Jamison Williams. So, like, man, I think that what we thought was true – 
was the fact that it was going to be hard for teams to trade back. And I think that teams took advantage of that. They're like, oh yeah, you don't have much, you don't have much leverage here. So if you want to move back, you're not going to get as much as you would typically do in, in as far as like the the great the chart, right? The the trade value chart. So bizarre year for trades, bizarre year with some of these picks, but like I think it just speaks to the value that teams wanted at all costs to trade back, but they didn't get as much value because teams also understand the depth of this class is greater than the top of this class. I can't remember the last time that we had two massive player trades like that happened in the first round because for something like that, for deals like that to go down, it requires some heavy negotiation. Now, as you're saying with Marquise Brown, sounds like that was something that just kind of fixed its way through and then it finally came together and we didn't find out until a lot later on. But the point you just made, I completely think that that is what led to these teams being able to trade up for such little value is the depth of the class. I, I bet that in these negotiations, these teams were saying, well, a second this year is worth a, a late first in a normal year, that kind of thing that these teams were trying to push. If mm -hmm. we give you one of these later picks, these day two, day three picks, the value is a lot greater than it would be in a normal draft. And that is maybe what increased the market suddenly at the end here in the end of the draft for these teams to move up for such a, a cheap price. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw it countlessly. I, I think, I think also the, was it the Eagles that traded up from 15 to 12, right? Or 15 to 13. They only swapped like one up two spots. They barely gave up anything in that trade besides for like the pips pick swap. So bizarre, man. Just, I mean, I, I just can't keep, I keep reiterating it. Cause it's like, I did not see as much movement happening. Because I just thought there was going to be a little bit of a stalemate. I was wrong. I was very wrong. We saw player trades. We saw picks for picks. And it's – I think to today is going to – I mean, obviously we're recording this on a, you know prior to the day two of the NFL draft. I think today is going to get even more wild, man. You know how much wheeling and dealing is probably going to happen today? It's probably going to be – I can't even imagine. It's going to be – I think there's going to be massive movement Movement. this – this. I, I wonder what the – I'm trying. I'm kind of curious on what the number of – What's the record for the number of trades during one draft cycle or one draft or one NFL draft? I kind of want to look this up because I think there might be a record set this year, maybe depending on how today's go. Yeah, there's this. I honestly think that's certainly a possibility that we could get even more trades. And there's guys that are still in the market that could heat up the the possibility of some of these things going through. Like heck, Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield being out there especially after the Panthers decide to draft an offensive lineman, I think it is a possibility that one of those guys get gets moved. But here, here's one thing I, I want to I, – I don't want to talk too much speculation on day two because uh, mm -hmm. to me I want this to kind of just be like an evergreen discussion just talking about the first round because whatever happens on day two, we're going we're gonna to react to it. I, I almost fell into the trap. I almost decided, started doing that. But I want to I talk about the quarterback deal. I was about yeah. to lead in saying who's going to move up and draft Malik Willis, but we're going to know when you're watching this or, or listening to this maybe a couple of days later. Mm -hmm. Only quarterback that's drafted in the first round is Kenny Pickett. Goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not what we were expecting. We were hearing the whole cycle how it was going to be Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. Mike Tomlis, Tomlin loves Malik Willis, and they draft Kenny Pickett. They don't even <sighs> trade up to draft Kenny Pickett. And Malik Willis ends up still being on the board. We only have one quarterback selected, despite 
buying into the fact that NFL teams are stupid when it comes to quarterbacks, but they decide to be smart this year. So yep. what do we make of this, that it's it's a bit of an abnormal uh, year, this, 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 uh, this draft? I mean, I think the reality was that we've been pretty much on par, and I think everybody for, from the media side has been like, this is a bad quarterback class, right? Like, why, why are you forcing the issue this year? And I've said a lot, like, I don't think a team should force the issue, and they didn't. And I, I gave them kudos on Twitter this, this, this morning. I, I think that maybe some people t- took it sarcastically, but the NFL usually reaches. I mean, we've had years where E.J. Manuel goes 15th, Christian Ponder goes 12th, Jake Locker goes 8th, Bladen Gabbert goes top 15. Like it happens every single year. So kudos to the NFL for not making the same mistake over and over again, at least for this year. So I think it's just an indictment on the quarterback class. I think it is a positive to how deep some groups are, like the edge group, the wide receiver group. We saw cornerbacks obviously have a little a good run early on. So I think that there's positives and negatives to it, but I'll say this. I don't even think Kenny Pickett's a first-round quarterback. He ends up going in the first round. But I, I think we are we have a lot of day-two quarterbacks that are in this draft class, and I expect a nice run on quarterbacks in this second and third round. I expect a lot to go off the board. But, I mean, it just I think it's just more showing exactly what we thought for months, right? This quarterback class is not great. There's developmental potential, but you're not drafting one of these guys in the first round to be a savior. It's just not what was going to happen. The thing I don't really understand – about the Kenny Pickett fit is that the Steelers were one of these teams that they went and signed Mitch Trubisky, who's supposed to be a bridge quarterback. And, and yep. I, the, the reason why the Malik Willis pick would have made sense is that you've got Trubisky under a, a multi-year deal. He's your bridge quarterback. And in a couple of years when Malik Willis was ready, he takes over and he's the starting quarterback. But the whole thing that everyone's talked about with Kenny Pickett is that he's supposed to be this start now guy. And I think we can both agree that his ceiling is not very high. So are you expecting him to sit and develop? And I I just don't know how much more development you're going to get out of Kenny Pickett if Trubisky starts this season. And then say if if Pickett takes over the the following season. I just – I don't get the fit. Everyone is so excited – and Mark Bergen was the fact that they're getting the the who's the host of Believe in Steelers, the fact that they're getting the hometown kid. Yeah. But I just don't think that makes any sense to me. And I think stylistically, it doesn't even make any sense. Kenny Pickett's already 24 years old. <laughs> it's not like he's a like he yeah. he his biggest selling point is that he can come in and he can do what he does now, right? Like he's not a long-term invest. I mean, let me rephrase. He's not a guy that you're outweighing long-term versus short-term. His short-term should be nearly as good as his long-term is. And with the situation, I, I, I Joe, I think that it's – he has to start by the second half of the year. He has to, right? Because, like, otherwise you're going to go into a second year in the bridge and he's going to be a 25-year-old rookie basically, right, like in that situation. So it's weird, man. It's bizarre. I think Malik Willis made more sense for – what you have on the roster from a quarterback perspective with the bridge. I think Desmond Ritter even made more sense to be very honest. Like they're both young, even though Malik Willis isn't that young, but he's a guy that everybody understands that needs to sit a little bit longer, right? Like he needs to take a step forward and he needs to be acclimated to the NFL. Joe Burrow is only like four months older than Kenny Pickett or something like that. It's like a crazy stat like that, so man. Weird. And he was yeah. an older prospect coming out too. Yeah, he was like he was like twenty three or something like that. Like it's just it's it's bizarre, man. It's bizarre. I I, I don't understand the fit. I, I get the Pittsburgh connection. I get that. I guess Pittsburgh thinks 
that they're closer to winning than maybe other people do, right? Because like they, I mean, but I don't understand them doing that. Is like if you're gonna, why the heck did you sign Mitch Trubisky? Like he's just you're paying him. It's not a lot of money, but you're still paying him to be a a, a high priced backup. And then you're yeah. gonna have this weird competition between the two of them. And then I, I it's just it, it's a competition between two mediocre guys that just neither one of them is gonna help this team ascend. It's a step backward for me and on that roster. I I also hope Mitch doesn't send him to give him a whopper from Burger King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we can't get through this without a hand size joke. Right, thanks, thanks, can't, Brian. Do it. can't do it. Right, I'm transitioning us because of the. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Just like the 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 strange joke that you made before we taped with Chris Price last night. Dude, it's so funny. easy. It's so easy. It was an odd pick, and his last name is Strange. It just it. it I refuse sense. to take the low hanging fruit. I refuse to do it. I am not what a hack. You, you do that all this, the time. This what are you is talking on about? Well, but you're the one who pitched it, so that means I'm not going to do it. If I come up with it on my own, I'm going to do it. But <laughs> well, how could you not come up with that though? It's so easy. Uh, I, I was like half mentally operating because of how late you know into to working i was yesterday um but let's let's get to the next pick let's get to the next pick or the next yep. thought the the new york teams the jets and the giants i don't count buffalo that's a canadian team the jets and the giants <laughs> had insane nights in the draft so the Jets yep. had I, like I, I think that easily the two biggest winners. I don't I don't think it's close. I think that there's other teams that definitely had really good mm, nights. Balt- Baltimore's close. Baltimore's close. The Ravens gonna, did really well. We're gonna talk about Baltimore in a second. Okay, well, okay. yeah, because they they didn't have to do anything, and and the that's best what, player on the board <laughs> fell in their lap. That's what that's what Baltimore <laughs> does, man. I mean, they took Ray Lewis back in the day with like the twenty seventh pick or something crazy number. Like it happens, man. It just it's, it's what they do. <laughs> it sucks, and we're and we're gonna talk about that in. In, in a second, but the Giants don't have to move, and me as a Giants fan, they end up with my two favorite players in this class. They end up with Kayvon Thibodeau at five, who I think is is far better than, than Trayvon Walker, is far better than Aiden Hutchinson, and I'm so excited to see what he does. I think that that all that that edge edge group is going to be fantastic now that they're adding him. But then on top of that, they don't go with the the lower tier offensive lineman. They luck out because the Panthers decide to draft Ikemaquanu at six. They get Evan Neal at seven. I and, and I was just blown away. When I saw that Evan Neal was there, I'm like, this has to be the pick. The fact that they're going to go into next season with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal at opposite tackles. Daniel Jones has no more excuses. That offensive line just took a huge step forward. But adding in quickly for the – oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say is that I forgot to tell you this, but on Mav yeah. Sports Take last week, I talked about the fact that literally with how people are overthinking some prospects that Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal could both be staring at Gi- the Giants in the face to ask him to take him. I yeah. literally said that on the show. You, I mean, literally, think about this for a second. The Giants may have gotten two of the top four players in this class at picks five and seven. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. It's absurd to think about, man. Not only did you get possibly the best pass rusher in the class, I think he is, but you also got a stone wall who has experience playing right tackle when you already have a really good left tackle in Andrew Thomas. It's such an easy fit. It's so easy. Slam dunk by the by the Giants. Dave Ket- Dave Gettleman could never. Oh my God. Yeah. So like that's the one thing is that 
it's the first time that they've had a draft where they've taken two guys that actually made sense. Normally, when those guys would have been on the board, it would have been like Quay Walker would have been the second pick. Like it would have been, it would have been something egregious or something stupid. Because Dave Gettleman would always just he would it would be like a, an overload of information that he wouldn't know how to properly evaluate the situation. Like the uh, like the the wide receiver from Florida last year, right? What was his name? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. That, that apparently they're already going to trade. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that's a whole whole separate issue. Um, yeah, the Jets though, they man they talk about players falling into their lap. They end up selecting early Sauce Gardner which was a great pick for them. They needed a corner, very, very talented player, maybe a little bit earlier than we would have liked, but still end up getting Sauce Gardner. With that second first-round pick, they get Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State wide receiver, who you had as your best receiver in the class. But then after that, they trade back in. Tremaine Johnson tumbles because of this run on receivers, This these other runs on other position groups that edge has a drought and they end mm-hmm. up getting Jermaine Johnson, who they could have selected at either spot. And a lot of people projected to select at either spot. That is a perfect night. And it's similar, mm-hmm. similar to the giants. It's the first time in a long time that we have seen the jets come out of a draft mm-hmm. and all three picks are home runs. And you're like, wow, this is a really nice step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a, uh- I would have liked Sauce Gardner down maybe a few spots, but the fact that you got Garrett Wilson at 10, the second receiver off the board for my wide receiver one, and you got Jermaine Johnson where I think he's appropriately fit. Like they were talking about him going top 10. I thought he was more 15 to 25 guy. You get him at the 26 pick. That is a massive steal. That's up there with Kyle Hamilton in this first round as far as like massive steals in the in the first round of this draft. So the Jets did a fantastic job. Quietly, Joe, the Jets have been drafting really well over the last couple of years. We'll yeah. see what happens with Zach Wilson, but like Elijah Moore last year was good. The year before that, you got Mekhi Becton, who's when's healthy, is a really good player. I, I think that they have been doing a good job from a drafting perspective, and I think Joe Douglas knocked it out of the ballpark, man. Like He got two tremendous values at Wilson and Thomas. Um, Jermaine uh, Thomas, Jermaine... Johnson, why did I say Thomas? Jermaine Johnson being there at 26. And then you got a cornerback that fits your scheme so well. Like he really does. Gardner fits the scheme perfectly. Now you slot him in as the number one corner. You have Bryce Hall now that's a really good number two on the other side. The Jets got a lot better yesterday. There's no doubt about it. Separate from Jermaine Johnson, we saw another defensive player slide a little bit further than expected. We both agree that this is the best player in the class and I, I believe it was when I was doing the charity stripe mock draft. I, I was talking about how if Kyle Hamilton ends up on the Baltimore Ravens, that is literally the worst possible situation he could end up in in terms of opposing teams having to deal with him. Talking about a, a franchise that has notoriously, like you were saying a second ago, have elite defensive players fall into their lap, but at the same time know how to properly develop them and then also use them at a a proper usage to dominate opposing teams. Kyle Hamilton is a scary freaking player. The fact that he is going to be a Baltimore Raven that has had such a defensive identity, I am so afraid for those AFC North teams. Pray for Joe Burrow. Pray for Kenny Pickett. (laughs) And pray for Deshaun Watson. For whatever is going to happen to them with that man roaming all over 
that Baltimore secondary, and they are going to have so much fun using him because he is he, he is now in, in, in a perfect situation. I like the word roaming that you use because they actually have good safeties before yeah. this even happened, right? Because you had Jesse um, – you're they just signed Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints to a five-year, $70 million deal. He's one of the best free safeties in the league, great coverage ability. They also have Chuck Clark that signed through 2024 who's a – good strong safety like he's not like he's nothing to kind of like shake your head at like he's a good player so now you bring Kyle Hamilton in I think you're going to see a lot of three safety sets for the Baltimore Ravens I think that he's going to be like a mid-hole defender where he's going to be able to play some dime backer at times think curious I'm curious to see if it's something similar to how the Carolina Panthers do it uh employ or deploy I'm sorry deploy Jeremy Chin kind of in that role, right? Like he's half linebacker, half safety, can play in the slot a little bit. I think Kyle's going to do a lot of things for the Baltimore Ravens. Not a position of high need for them, but clearly they took the best player available and he is the best player available in that slot. Yeah, it's it's just so odd seeing how far that he ended up sliding. He ends up going 14 and there was all this pre-draft pre-draft speculation that he was going to be like a top five pick. Like there was one point where early on we were talking about this kid going maybe to the Lions, maybe to the Texans, and and here he is sliding all the way to 14. It's really odd too, considering that a guy like Micah Parsons, who similarly considered to be a tweener, you don't really know for sure what he is, gets drafted before him. Same thing with Isaiah Simmons a few years before. Tweener, what exactly is he? He still gets selected in the top 10. But because of this weird run that happened around those picks, he goes later than both these guys, and he was arguably maybe a better prospect than both of them. I think it's a huge negative to coaching staffs around the league. You know, I think it's a lack of creativity, to be very honest. Not only Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons had the the hazing incident that people were kind of working through the off-field stuff. So, like, his isn't perfect. But, like, I think of even Jeremiah Wusukoromoa that just came out of Notre Dame last year that fell to the second yeah. round. Part of it was because of the heart issue thing that popped up late. But mostly it's because some people just didn't know how to use him. They're like, oh, he's a 215-pound weak side linebacker. Well, no, he's a dynamic athlete that you have to find a role for. There has to be a plan in place for a Kyle Hamilton. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that people overthought him so much that he didn't go to the 14th overall pick tells me that people just didn't want to kind of see that vision. They didn't want to have that creativity. So I think it's I think it's detrimental to a little bit of coaching staffs around the league that so many teams pass on this player because they may have had to be a little creative and had to think about the proper way to use him. But either way, Baltimore Ravens at pick 14, massive steal. Massive steal for who I think is the best player in the draft. Yeah, they they managed to come away with with just it, it's so frustrating to see the fact that they they're the team that ends up with with Kyle Hamilton. But don't don't, don't think about, don't think about your don't forget about your boy uh, Tyler Linderbaum as well, right? Oh, I mean, sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm blanking. Where the heck did he? Uh, there's so many picks. I'm like blanking on where you he went like twenty twenty fifth to the Ravens. Right. Oh my yeah. god, I forgot that they 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 had that. That Cardinals pick, wow, they really they really left that draft with with a uh, just a two complete steals. <sighs> yes, yes, they did. Yeah, it's it, it's insane, man. I mean, two of the biggest value picks in the in the draft, uh, they, them two and Jermaine Johnson. I mean, yeah, th- if your scheme fits what Tyler Linderbaum does, I mean, I could argue that he's a top ten player in this class for a specific scheme. So, really good football player. You got two really good players at two incredible value spots. So. Yeah, the Ravens continue to just let good players fall into their lap. 
So we're going to be back reacting to day two and day three. We'll see what kind of stuff we can put out uh, throughout the rest of the 2022 NFL draft. But folks, thanks for tuning in and checking it out. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any more draft coverage. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.